Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookie. We acknowledge the Satuna, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Well, how are you today? Um, I'm good. I am tired. Not tired. Actually, I always say I'm tired, but I think that's like a default. Because mm. <laughs> I think I'm always tired. Tired. Right? There's like an yeah. undertone of like fatigue yeah. all the time. Yeah. But I'm not tired, I guess. Um, I am... I think I'm like antsy. Antsy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. That's okay. You're traveling pretty soon. Oh, yeah. I would imagine like... Where, and you're going back to Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. right? So I would imagine that is a long trip. I would be very antsy. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. Not, and then yeah. going home. Yeah. And, and when was the last time you were home? Um, I was home seven years ago. Seven years? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a long I time. Get, I, think, I guess it's been it's 2016. Uh, yeah, so seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sushane, welcome. And we might yeah. as well get started. You can yes. just tell us about yourself because... I'm asking the questions anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I'm like, how are you? Um, let me tell you a bit about myself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I moved to Calgary uh, when I was 18 for university. Uh, and I studied at the University of Calgary. And then uh, I stayed in Calgary after. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think this will be my 10th year next year 2024 will be the 10th mm-hmm. year i've been in calgary okay yeah so i've been here for about 10 years and so obviously it's different from zimbabwe yeah totally yeah what was it like growing up in zimbabwe and then of course like coming to the west which mm-hmm. i assume is just different from a lot of different places mm-hmm. like across the, the ocean right mm-hmm. um what's that like like um i think i definitely it's something that you can't really prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched movies and, you know, TV shows, obviously because American TV is, you know, is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, American movies are everywhere. My idea of what university would be like and college would be like yeah. was very much based on those uh, things. Like I thought I would have a very different experience. So I think mm-hmm. that also didn't prepare me well for moving. Um, yeah. So, and Did you Cal- join a sorority, though, when you... No, no? I didn't. I mean, also because people were like, oh, we don't really have sororities. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just, there's a house there. Yeah. They kind of do stuff. 
it's not the same as the U.S. Again, you know, they don't have um, like a house on campus. Mm -hmm. It's off campus. It's not very, yeah. you know. It's not quite the same as what you've watched on shows and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I wasn't really interested. <laughs> you know, there's no cheerleading. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, oh, yeah, this, is right. not, <laughs> this is not what I saw in the movies. Um, yeah, so I think that was that was a surprise. And also Calgary feeling like a bit more like a... I think when I first moved here, it felt like a, a busy town. Mm. In a sense, yeah. not so much as you know, like a metropolis kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. In the way, because I had traveled before. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd been to New York. I'd been to Paris. Um, I'd been to Berlin, and so I think also I was just like, okay, the West again. Even the West itself, you know, there's there's quite a bit of variety, um, and so I think I'd also imagined that it would look like a lot like these places, and it didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Calgary because it's so spread out as well. It doesn't have that feeling of yeah, again like the metropolis, mm -hmm. um, because you kind of have to drive across. It is a big, you know, city, um, but it's not a I guess tall city. It's mm -hmm. not. I mean, it is getting there, but we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. we're getting there, but it's not. Um, there wasn't anything that I had ever imagined, mm -hmm. and the snow, of course. Yeah, I couldn't have. Had you ever seen it before? No, I hadn't seen snow before, and I didn't think it was the, this cold. Like, mm -hmm. I just... And also, I think I only just realized this, like, a few weeks ago. Um, I decided, because sometimes I'm on Pinterest, I'm like, you know what? I want to rebrand. Mm -hmm. I want to start dressing differently. I don't know. So I was just like, how can I dress in the winter? So I started looking up at, you know, like, winter fashion mm -hmm. or whatever. And I kept on getting, like, these people who are in New York and whatever. And for a long time, I just thought, like everywhere there's snow is the same kind of cold. Yeah. Like we're all experiencing the same kind of cold. Mm -hmm. And I finally Googled, I was like, how cold does it get in New York? And then I saw the temperatures. I was like, oh, we're not experiencing the same winter mm -hmm. at all. And so I can get why people are dressing this way mm -hmm. in New York. And I can't <laughs> dress that way in Calgary. Yeah. Um, so I think that was, that was definitely, I mean, it was a late realization, but that has mm -hmm. been an enlightening realization that it is, <laughs> Like, Canada is much colder than a lot of other places yeah. that are also cold, you know? Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a varied, like, degrees of cold, right? Mm -hmm. Between, like, and if you go, at, like, north mm -hmm. of even Canada, obviously. It's colder. It's colder. Yeah. Right? Like it. But until you experience it, because what, Zimbabwe is tropical? Um, it's it's a savanna. Savanna? Climate, okay. yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, and so chances are no snow. And no. <laughs> the coldest it ever got there is probably 15 degrees. Uh, well, just, I guess, uh, yeah. I'm just joking. No, I, no, I, I know. No idea. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's, and I think it's different here. I don't, someone explained it to me because in the summer here it's hotter mm -hmm. than it is oh, back really? home um, because we're closer. I don't know, it's, it's kind of. Uh, the way where Canada is mm -hmm. on the globe. Okay. Um, like, so uh, the sun is more, of... yeah, so it, it hits more directly. Oh, so it burns more, yeah, yeah. I guess. I don't know how to explain it, but no, yeah. I think that's pretty good. Um, but back home, it's the sun is, even if it's the same temperature, it doesn't burn as much. I yeah. don't know. There's just like searing heat. It's, altitude, it's like, what do they call that? The locations on the map? Latitude, longitude, mm -hmm. all yeah, that kind of stuff. And like yeah, all that. it yeah. all plays into it, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. and you did pretty good explaining that because I'm pretty dumb and I got I figured out what you were saying. <laughs> you're doing pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, welcome. I was just explaining as someone who doesn't understand it, so I think that's why it worked. Because I oh, also am like we're both in the same boat. Exactly. Then. Right so, on. You know what? What brought you to Canada? Was um, it just to go to school? Yeah, it was yeah. school. Um, my mom's friend. Um, 
lived here. Um, and so I remember when I was um, thinking about, you know, going to school, um, she told my mom, oh, you know, University of Calgary is a great university. It's amazing. And so, I mean, honestly, I didn't really even think that I would end up coming to Calgary. Like, yeah. I, to me, I was just like, okay, yeah, we're just going to apply. Mm -hmm. But that's probably not going to end up being our, yeah. you know, uh, being the place that I go to. Um, and so I think it just worked out. So I had gotten other acceptances, acceptance letters. And then, um, the one place, um, so I was actually initially supposed to go to South Africa. And, mm -hmm. uh, but then when I went there, their res was already full. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would have had to live off campus and I was uncomfortable with that. My mom was uncomfortable with that. Um, where in South Africa, uh, Johannesburg. Oh yeah. I've, I've heard some pretty strange stories about <laughs> Yeah, and I was, you know, it was just, it, I just didn't want to be also, you know, just starting out to live off campus. I think, obviously, if you decide to mm. live off campus a few years in, that's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and uh, the classes that I was supposed to enroll in were already full. Mm. Um, so I would have had to take a couple of, like, filler classes until yeah. the next semester. So um, then we just decided, okay, so that's not going to work. Um and I got into um, the university in the States, and then, I mean, the States is super expensive, so that was not yeah. an option, even with the uh, financial aid, it wasn't enough. Um, and so, and then I got into Dalhousie, um, and my mom <laughs> looked up, you know, the rankings and was like, UFC is higher, is, yeah. is, you know, higher up than Dalhousie, so you're definitely going to UFC. That's kind of how it ended up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it was sort of like, um, what is it? Not trial and error. It's like the, uh, we were just like crossing things out. Mm -hmm. Like things just ended up, it ended up being, you know, like the last option yeah. in some ways. Yeah. Leading you in this direction. Yeah. Well, you did get a new nose ring. I was like, what's different? I'm like, oh, yes, it's a smaller nose ring. I did get a smaller nose ring. It's good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're thank welcome. You. <laughs> and just in time for you to go back home. Mm -hmm. um, so... When we were upstairs, like it was like last week or whatever, and I was mm -hmm. listening. Um, so you were not here as a refugee. You're here as an immigrant. Immigrant, yeah. okay. Landed immigrant. Um, or, I don't know how that works. I'm so curious. I so I came, I came here as a student. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's still an immigrant, but yeah. um, now I'm a per permanent resident. Okay, um, right on. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah. you can stay here now as long as you want. Yeah, I, well, I have to renew my permanent residency and I have to abide by certain, mm. you know, rules. Like, I, I don't think I can, um, like, if I get a criminal record mm -hmm. or something like that, I probably wouldn't be able to renew my, my oh, okay. residency. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And it really hit me, like, first of all, your shoes are really awesome. I Thank you. Before we started recording. <laughs> Thank you. Mind, you're welcome. I got them on sale, too. Yeah? So it was great. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> are they Fila? Yes, they Fila? are. Or what, yeah. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. Okay. So I'm not going to say it. Yeah, because <laughs> I say Fila, and then I'm like, is it Fia? Fila? I, 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 I have no idea. They're fucking awesome anyway. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so do you miss Zimbabwe? Yeah, I do. I think it's it's a very, it's hard to explain. It's a very complicated feeling because I think um, you miss a lot of things, and home is a lot of things. It's mm. not just, you know, like the physical place. Yeah. It's... Um, you know, being that age or, you know, being a certain age, um, because when I go back now, it's a completely different experience, right? So um, the things I miss about it are also, um, 
things that have changed. Like it's mm. not, home does not stay the same. It's, you know, this living and breathing thing, yeah. right? Um, and so I do miss, I think miss is such a strange word to use because I think I, I'm also happy with certain things in my life. Mm -hmm. And so missing just, there's a fondness yeah. for that place. Uh, for that time and place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And you're able to remember that, like, and, and to keep, like, to be able to hold on to it, because there is something about, like, home, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I know I know I was born in Oregon, but I feel like I was, like, raised in California, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. and so I miss California. Mm -hmm. Like, I miss the ocean. I miss the, so many things about it, right? Yeah. That, like, the desert, that nearby, like, mm -hmm. everything. Um and the people. Yeah. Like, I miss the mindset, right? Of, yeah. Of not everybody, obviously. Yeah. It's California. Yeah. There's millions of humans there. So, mm -hmm. but like, there's just something about it. It gets in your blood, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and your family's back there. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so do you have like a ongoing relationship with your family or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah my grandparents. So, um, my parents oh. passed. Yep. Um, so it's, um, and my dad passed when I was quite young, so I don't have, you know, like as much of a relationship with my dad's side of the family, mm. but with my mom's side of the family, um, yeah, we're still very much, you know, like a family mm. um, in every sense of the word. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to ask you about that because I remember your, your, you mentioned that your folks had passed away. Mm -hmm. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. within a year of each other. No. no. So the... Dates are so my dad passed away when I when I was four. Okay. And then my mom passed away a week before my twentieth okay. birthday. Okay. Um, but the dates, the anniversaries, um, are two weeks apart. And then that's in the middle of that is my birthday. Yes. Yeah. That's right. I couldn't remember it because it was yes. like kind of like it was a lot of dates. It was yeah. a lot, but yeah. also that must be like a little bit of trauma for you. There. Yeah. Like yeah. how was that time for you? How was your birthday? Um I mean, I think I only get one week to really celebrate or even plan anything. Um, people always ask me if I want to do anything for my birthday, but I'm always feeling so terrible mm -hmm. before my birthday. And then maybe like two days before my birthday, I'm like, oh, maybe I should do something and it's already too late. <laughs> but I just don't feel like it before. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of used to that. And I think my my body remembers mm -hmm. the feeling of, of like grieving because I, I almost get like physically sick mm. around that time um, or I just feel sad for no reason. It's almost as though like my body's reliving this experience every yeah. time. Um, so that is, you know, um, it's gotten easier um, over the years. Like I, I definitely feel like time, you know, time is justice in some ways mm. and time is, time is God, you mm. know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, there's healing, right? Like, mm -hmm. in, I mean, I, I guess it's a good thing that we can move on mm -hmm. when we lose people that are important to us. Yeah. Because what else would happen? We would all just stop living, I guess. But... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We just find new ways and, mm -hmm. you know, and I also just accept that part of my life is always going to be a yearning mm -hmm. for my parents. Mm -hmm. And that's just who I am. And I don't, I don't need to change it. There's nothing I can do to change it. And no need um, to change it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's, you know, I'm also, I'm, I like reading, for example, mm. and I'm also someone who lives with this yearning for my parents, you know, mm -hmm. it's just become part of yeah. who I am. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Yeah. So do you have, 
a family? Do you have any children? Do you have... I, I know nothing about you. I know that's... Um, no, I do not have... I don't know why I said, um, I don't have any children. <laughs> you had to think about it? I don't. My partner's going to listen to this and be like... Yeah. What do you mean, um, <laughs> you don't have any children? <laughs> and be like, well, surprise. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have any children. Um, I am... Yeah, I'm just moving okay. in the world as yeah. a partnered person. Mm -hmm. I'm not married. Okay. Uh, Do you, are you, um, I don't even know how to further this question. Do you have no children? Does your partner have children? And maybe that's why you said, um? um no, my okay. partner doesn't have children. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think he has children. Yeah. Well, and there you go. So that was just a... a Freudian slip, as they say. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You were just making sure you didn't have any Yeah, children. I was like, okay, I yeah. just think, I mean, yeah. Am I sure I don't? I yeah, don't I mean, this is like TMI, but I was at urgent care, mm -hmm. and and this has happened, this is the second time this has happened, and they are like, is there any chance that you could be pregnant? And I'm like, um, um, and then both times I've been on my period. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, I really, I, I, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. This yeah. is really dumb. I'm just, I just had to think about that question. I think that's fair, though. Yeah. You might not be thinking about the answer. You might be thinking about whether you want to tell them. Because uh -oh. sometimes my brain will be like, I don't know if I want to tell them the truth. I just, yeah, I forget. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I forget how, like, I'm like, how do I not, you know, mm -hmm. how else do I go into the world knowing that I'm not pregnant. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like every other day, I'm not just like... Yeah. It's only when someone asks. Yeah, when someone asks yeah. and I'm like, I have to think about this. Yeah, it's, it's like when someone says, how old are you? Exactly, yeah. and I'm like thinking about I have it. no idea. Yeah, and the nurse is just like, <laughs> you're just having a day. And I'm like, I am. I really am. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's okay. It happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. So you, you went to UFC. What did you take in UFC? Um, I studied, I majored in international relations and I, uh, all, uh, then I minored in English. Mm -hmm. Um, and with international relations, you can get a thematic, you'd pick a thematic cluster, uh, mm -hmm. and also a regional cluster. Um, so it's a bit more specialized, I guess, in a sense. Um, so I, my regional, um, cluster was sub-Saharan Africa and my thematic cluster was, uh, institutions and governance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then English, I mean, it was a minor, so it wasn't, it wasn't specific in any kind of way. I just had yeah. to do a certain number of courses and there were some core courses mm -hmm. that I had to do in English. And so what, what are you, what's your life like now? Cause like if I see people hanging around this building, <laughs> I get very interested in who they are because this building is such a cool place. Yeah. There are lots of people from everywhere. Amazing you know, humans like, in yeah, this place, right? So from any place. Um, so right now I uh, work as the executive director of Mountain Standard Time Performative Art Festival Society. Mm -hmm. I gave you the full legal name. Right um, we just go by MST. Yeah. Um, so MST has actually been, you know, has this is our 20th year. I know I say that 20th year because I'm 28. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm only eight years older than oh, MST. Wow. Yeah, I'm only hey. eight years old. <laughs> Excellent. So I was I was pretty young when this organization was founded. Um, Good for you. Yeah. Eight years old when it started, and now <laughs> you're in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm sure you're doing good. So tell us about the MST then. Um, so MST was a 
I mean, it started out as a performance art organization, mm -hmm. and uh, since 2003, they've had a performance art biennial, mm -hmm. um, and they would bring performance artists from all over the world um, for, I think it's about two weeks, uh, and their workshops, events, and people can just attend those. Um, and so in, I guess, the the... The last MST10 was supposed to be in 2020, if I'm not mistaken, but the pandemic mm. happened. Um, and so that ended up getting pushed back. And um, by 20, you know, we were like, okay, we're going to do it in 2022. And um, just because so much time had passed and um, it was just so complicated to try and, mm. you know, try and do this event now in 2022 that we just, you know, canceled the actual event itself mm. uh the hallmark event but um artists had been able to do residencies yeah. throughout the the years that they were waiting for it they got funding to just do residencies wherever oh, okay. they were uh, some people traveled as well um so i joined mst in 2022 january of 2022 mm -hmm. um and so i think uh, yeah before i joined there was already conversation around you know is is this how we want to continue do we mm. want to always have a biennial is that um and so i think there was just a general desire to experiment with other you know programming schedules and other you know artistic disciplines mm -hmm. um and so now we're kind of just like in that exploration phase uh, okay. and it's a really exciting place to to be so what does that look like the exploration phase of like different mediums coming in yeah okay um yeah and i think well the i guess the the newest thing that's actually, you know, I guess come to fruition or that the public can access is the Essay Magazine, mm. um, which uh, my colleague uh, Alsha um, is the editor-in-chief of that mm -hmm. and is spearheading that project. And so we have an art magazine now, um, oh, cool. which has been really exciting. So, you know, just having even that kind of engagement with the community mm -hmm. has been really exciting. And what's the um, name of the magazine? It's called Issey. Issey. Yeah, it's I-S-S-A-Y. Um, Ooh, interesting. Asha would probably be able to explain the meaning of the name. She yeah. chose the the name better um, because it's Amharic. Um, mm. She's Ethiopian. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to talk about her story. You no, know no, her. it's okay. But yeah, so she came up with the name. So um, okay. that's just been really exciting to also start to engage with, you know, um, have this network of visual artists, you know, photographers. We have writers. We have illustrators, you know, just coming into the fold as mm. well. So that's really cool. exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. It sounds like a fun job. <laughs> I mean, arts administration is, is parts of it can be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, anything with administration in it, though, is going to be like less fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, because you, you're facilitating opportunities rather than yeah. participating in them. That's right. So it's a little bit different. Yeah, because yeah, you're not necessarily at all of the events. You're just kind of putting them together. Exactly. And even when you are at the events, you're not necessarily just, you know, Having fun. Having fun. You're, you're there <laughs> trying to, you know, make sure things are running on time, you know, mm -hmm. that you've ordered everything, you have all the supplies, people get paid and all these mm -hmm. things. So, yeah. Is there anything that you're looking forward to in 2024 for yourself personally mm -hmm. or for work or anything? Uh, for work, I am excited to, um, I think, I mean, because I, I've been, I guess, executive director for a year. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll be coming up on a year now. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, it was kind of training while on the job. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm excited to see, you know, what that, you know, what it looks like to to do the work without necessarily 
learning so much mm -hmm. um, to actually just do things. Because now you kind of have some of that mm -hmm. foundation. Foundation, yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for just, you know, the plans that we are um, putting together for MST. I'm excited mm -hmm. for, um, yeah, I'm excited to like share that art with the with the community yeah. um, because there's a lot in, you know, in, in the works right now. So cool. that's really exciting for me. Yeah. Right on. Personally? Yeah. Personally, what am I excited for? Um, I think after this trip home, um, I can, because it's very expensive to travel home, I can mm -hmm. actually take some time to, um, you know, travel within Canada or mm -hmm. travel to other places. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to travel somewhere else. Okay, um, cool. You know, I'm excited to go home, but I'm excited to finally just like, you know, I've traveled home, so now I can mm. explore other places because this kind of mm -hmm. felt like, you know, this is the first place that I have to go, you know, if um, yeah. before I can, you know, start gallivanting mm. across the globe. So I'm excited to travel. I don't know where yet, but I'm excited to travel next year. Cool. Um, and yeah, I think I'm excited to just be more comfortable in my, in my body and right on. like, you know, all the things that happen in your late twenties, I'm sure, yeah, I know growing never, you never stop growing or mm -hmm. changing and stuff like that, but I definitely feel more, um, I don't know, I think someone, I can't remember who, but they described it in a way that was, um, they described it like, you know, even though you do change sort of the parameters of who you are, mm -hmm. are a little bit more solid. You know what I mean? You're not just, my music taste isn't going to drastically change. Mm -hmm you know, tomorrow. Yeah. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. Um, I'm comfortable enough to not do things that I don't like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're past the point of like, oh, I have to do these things because mm -hmm. other people are doing them. Yeah. Um, and so that feels really good. So I'm excited to like lean more into that, into that feeling of just being a grown woman. <laughs> right yeah. on. Right on. I'm excited for you. Thank you. I think there's a whole lot there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if people want to find out about your work, mm -hmm. how do they find out? Where do they look? Um, well, we're currently like redoing the website. So, I mean, you can go and check it out because it's not, um, it, the old website is still up. Um, mm -hmm. But you could follow us on Instagram at performative art. Um, you can also follow at SAMAG. Um, there's also SAMAG.com if you want to go and see the magazine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's that would be like staying on the social media um, okay. and keeping an eye out for the new website. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so Instagram is at performative art. Performative art. Yeah. And then there's isay.com. Isaymag. Isaymag.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Got it. <laughs> and I'm sure that they'll be able to find the rest of it once they can get on. Yeah, exactly. Okay, There'll cool. Be a lot more right on. information. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I mean, it... you could talk about the two-pack shirt you're wearing if you're Tupac. <laughs> Sorry, I said two-pack and I know that's not how it's pronounced. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I've always been a big fan of Tupac. Yeah. Um, I... I There's spe it. something special about people who wear Tupac shirts. That's why I ask, <laughs> right? There is. There always is. Every time I see someone with one, I talk to them, and I'm like, yeah, there's something to you. Um, I think, I mean, I don't, oh, it's because I, I well, you know, I'm getting older. I'm forgetting stuff now. Mm. I love writing poetry. Um, mm -hmm. That was kind of my, the first, 
um, my introduction to the arts, mm -hmm. um, to being an artist. Um, and so um, Tupac was naturally Tupac mm -hmm. being a poet um, and, you know, rapper um, and rap music being so grounded, you know, rooted mm -hmm. in poetry. Yeah. Um, oh, amazing. Poetics, right. Eh? Yeah. So I, I really got into it in high school. And also yeah. because he was raised by a single mother, I remember that used to, that really resonated mm. with me. Um, so I've always, I've, you know, I've always loved Tupac. Yeah, right. I on. listened to his, uh, I think his interview tapes in, in prison, his prison interview okay. tapes. You know, I, I would listen to all this stuff. Uh, and I just thought he just had a beautiful way of seeing the world. Mm. Um, and also just a very, I, I love musicians who have, who use their voice for something mm -hmm. um, other than, you know, Make just like, you know, wealth and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, you know, I love Tracy Chapman uh, as well. She's one of my faves. Yeah, I love yeah. Tracy Chapman. She's one of my favorite you're, you're very young to love Tracy. That's oh, very, I, I love that. I love Tracy Chapman yeah. so much. I, I think to me, that was the first time I felt like poetry. And I'm sure it's happened in other places mm. just for me personally. Um, just listening to... I mean, obviously, this is, you know, a fan favorite. It's just like mm -hmm. a favorite for most people, even people who don't listen to Trace Chapman, like Fast Car. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember that song, the storytelling, um, mm -hmm. the way she just tells this story of these two people who are together um, and they decide to, you know, go somewhere else. And um, then, you know, the last verse be, you know, there's this disappointment of, you know, when you try and change your life. Um, that we all sort of go into life, uh, the younger we are, we have this hope of what our life is going to be. Um, and the disappointment, I think the way she beautifully, she just really captured that, that sentiment that I think people carry with them. Mm -hmm. Um, when, you know, their dreams don't come true. I think a lot of people carry that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, talking about a revolution when she talks about, you know, subsidy when, you know, it's, I, I think she's just, she's just a brilliant artist. Um, I agree one of the best songwriters of, of our time. Not my time, but I guess of all time. She's one mm. of the best songwriters. Well, of she's all of time. your time. Yes. She's still alive. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know if I can claim her as much because, you know, she's, <laughs> she doesn't, you know, she's not on tour. She's, mm -hmm. You know, I hope she does go on tour. I, I think yes. that would be fantastic. I, I hope she does. I know the world is, is you know, kind yeah. of going to shit, but I hope she does. But that's when we need her most. Yeah. It's like, it's so bad. It's like her and Sinead O'Connor, I was kind of like, brought into them mm -hmm. at the same time yeah and I love both of them so much yeah. like when Sinead died mm -hmm. like usually when when like famous people die it doesn't have any impact mm -hmm. on me but like it really did like yeah because th that, that their music is just so beyond the time and place yeah right? like it's so it I don't know what that word is like it's, I'm losing it now but it's like that it's over all kinds of generations yeah and know? it's and it feels so I think it because it it talks so much about the human experience mm -hmm. it it just feels like there's something more artistic about it when people just you know strip it down to just being human mm -hmm. rather than you know these experiences that I think sometimes that we that feel so out of reach like if someone tells me about like I don't know like pouring champagne mm -hmm. I've never champagne on the ground or anything mm -hmm. like that and that's not um I think there's I, I'm I understand that people enjoy that music for different reasons mm -hmm. um 
but for me it's it's nice to have musicians that are talking about I think the things that I'm also experiencing or you know just the disillusionment with you know with the world um you know like Calgary has a big you know it has so many crises that mm -hmm. are happening right now and so when I think of Tracy Chapman it feels like someone who's also seeing these things who's not um you know turning a blind eye to what is happening in the world yeah it's yeah. like they're she's not and same with Sinead like they weren't outside of it exactly they were like, they were like us they're in it yeah exactly right? and yeah. It, it hurts them to see that those things happening yeah. just like you know it affects us we don't we're not just you know immune to these things that are happening around mm -hmm. us and yeah I'm so glad that you brought Tracy Chapman oh, I love, I just, Tracy I Chapman love her so much yeah I mean, my mom should have known there was an issue when I started listening to her when I was 16. Yeah. I was very email. Yeah. I was just emotional, very yeah. withdrawn. Well, and obviously intellectual. <laughs> Every, I mean, I'm not intellectual, but like most of the other, like the human who introduced me to Tracy Chapman, mm -hmm. super brilliant, like super smart lady. Um, and that's one of the things I've noticed about Tracy Chapman fans outside of myself. Because mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I don't consider myself intellectual at all. Mm -hmm. I just simply love music. Yeah. And if you were to say, well, what do you love about Tracy Chapman? I would be only be able to say how she makes me feel when I hear her sing. And I, but I think right? that's a valid and very... Like, and that honest. would be the only thing I could say, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Because she makes me feel like, like she knows. You know, and like I'm not crazy. Like yeah, Sinead. I feel seen. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Like Sinead, yeah. like Tupac, right? Yeah. Like, there's parts of our inner being that never get the light of day. Yeah. You know, and then sometimes people come along and they shine a little light on it for us, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you mentioned you're an artist. <laughs> yeah. What kind of artist are you? Um, I write. That's right. And have you written like? Do you, have you do you write books, stories? Um. So I've written some. Um, I guess I, some cultural commentary. Okay. Um, and I've written some poems. I used to perform spoken word. Mm -hmm. um, I don't anymore. But yeah, so I used to, um, I read my poems sometimes. I don't consider that spoken word because I mm -hmm. think spoken word is a type of performance. Um, so what's the difference then, if you, if you don't mind? Um, I think spoken word... Um, Someone like, I think, Wakefield Brewster is someone I would consider. Oh. He's the poet laureate. He's a spoken word artist. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's a rhythm to the way he says mm. things. Um, you know, it's very yeah. much, I think, spoken word is is the closest thing to, you know, to rap. That's where you see most of the, mm -hmm. um, the similarities between that and rap. And sometimes, you know, if you just add a beat to it, it mm -hmm. might even sound like, you know, it yeah. might just, it might also just be a song. Um Whereas if I'm just reading my poetry, it's it's more like if I was reading a novel. Mm, I I'm you. I'm, yeah. I prefer for people to read it themselves, mm -hmm. and if I'm reading it to them, I'm not necessarily performing it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm. And so, where can people find your poetry or your cultural commentary? <laughs> um, I mean, they can just look me up. Um, probably they, come out because how would they look you up? What my name? Just if you look up okay. Sue Shane. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone else has that name, so it should come up. And it's Sue Shane, S-U-E hyphen S-H-A-N-E. Yeah, so there'll be some um, articles on there um, cool. that will pop up. Um, my poetry, I don't think, have I shared my poetry recently? I usually share my poetry in person. Oh, okay. You know, when yeah. I do readings and stuff. So I don't think there's anywhere you can find it online. They'll just have to wait till one day mm. I decide to publish. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if cool. I, do decide I hope to you decide to publish. Yeah. That's fun. Well, I mean, and once you get it done, you can just be like, okay, I did that. I did that. One yeah, more thing, Sushane did. This is true. Yeah. I think I'll 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 see. I think I I am also working in arts admin. Um, mm. It takes a lot of energy that you don't really have time to be an artist. Do your own thing. Um, and also sometimes I, I feel, um, I think it's important as an artist to know, to be patient. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, with like timing and stuff like that. And it's hard to be. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't want to, you know, cause I think there's also pressure to, you know, feel like you're doing things. Mm, always. Um, but I'm just like, if I have nothing, um, important to say, I'm not going to say anything mm. and that's okay that I don't have anything important to say very much. You know? so. And so I'm trying to, and I'm not really trying, actually, I'm comfortable with that feeling of, of not having to say anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, if I'm called to say something or to write something, I will, if I'm not, I just don't, you know, I right think on. there are lots of different ways to engage with the world. Sometimes I'm just, you know, trying out, you know, photography, like self portraiture, mm. you know, I tried that out. Um, and I enjoy that. I'll try something else out. So, you know, yeah, cool. Right on. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So if you're looking out there on the internets for Sue Shane, it's S U E hyphen S H A N E. And Darcy's going to get a picture of both of us when we stand up just in okay. case. So you're not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Again. Yeah. I didn't even see him walk in. I know. He's just so, he's like a ninja, right? <laughs> Dude, you move like a ninja. That was very yeah. quiet. <laughs> so thank you again for coming on. And I thank hope you have a wonderful trip. Thank you. I will. Home. I can't wait to tell you all about it. And I'll bring some, you know, all the photos. Oh, I can't and wait. And I'll show you. <laughs> I can't wait because yeah. I will. I'll be picking your brain for no, sure. No, yeah, we'll definitely yeah. chat after that. Because I, I love, like, there's just something about, like, um, Africa, right? Mm -hmm. Come on. Like, it's Africa, man. It's mm -hmm. where we're all from, man. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's like the hub of everything. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. it's fucking far out, man. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for a person who was raised in North America, like, that's, like, someplace really cool to go, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and anywhere in Africa, mm -hmm. right? Except for maybe not Johannesburg. And, like, and <laughs> no, some Johannesburg's great. Well, I've only, I've only seen Johannesburg and, like, uh, what's the other, like, uh, Cape, Cape Town. Town. Yeah. And some of those things on shows, mm -hmm. so it's not the best reference. Oh, right? is it like TV shows? Well, and and there's there was this one show that I used to watch. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Darcy. Darcy got all excited. Yeah. He's like, "We're done. No, we're not." Mm -hmm. um, but there was a show about like special police force in South Africa, mm -hmm. and it gave stats all the time on how many kidnappings, mm -hmm. how many murders. And I was like, by the time I finished watching the show, I'm like, I'm never, no, going, I'm never going to going. South Africa. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it can't be that bad. I mean, I, I think that, like, you know, people do, do live, stuff. you know, live in these places and, you know, have very full lives. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't think, um, is there a higher likelihood of, you know, sometimes getting, you know, getting your stuff, you know, nicked? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, you know, I wouldn't let that, yeah. you know, dissuade me from, from traveling there. I still think it's it's a great place good yeah. i'm glad you said that because yeah. like that's kind of why i brought it up right is like mm -hmm. if if you only have watched shows like mm -hmm. i have that's all you've seen yeah right and, and so and unless you watch like other things that i watch like nature shows mm -hmm. and stuff
like movies and and mm -hmm. you know other series and stuff usually africa's depicted like very difficult place to be mm -hmm. right for everybody involved mm -hmm. and, and and i think that's part of the media though right yeah and i and i think that you know when i when i think about it i you know when i think about the fact that people actually live in these places mm -hmm. then i just need to like lean into my humanness mm -hmm. in order to be in those spaces you just have to adapt you know yeah and so it's like okay people still you know people eat but they eat different things you yeah. know and then you just are adapting mm -hmm. um in that way and so i think that always that's always a reminder that yeah. people are also people are raising children people you know are having very full mm -hmm. lives and that means that you know there is something there to be experienced or shared with other people from different places yeah yeah very much so and it's kind of like the you know with everything going on and i don't i don't want to get on a soapbox or anything like that but uh -huh. i have a tendency of doing that um but like you know in gaza and, uh -huh. and, and palestine and stuff like that it's uh -huh. like if if we could just stop for a second those of us from places where we've never seen these things uh -huh. right like if we could just stop and remember exactly what you said there's children uh-huh they're just like our children. Yeah, there's like the same any children. Feelings. They go to school. They have feelings. They mm -hmm. have friends. They they're scared they're going to lose their parents. They're, they're all kinds of things. Just mm -hmm. like just like children here. Yeah. Right. And it's like there's got to be a way for us in the West to have this veil taken down that we think yeah. the only the only um, children that matter are ours. Yeah, I think that's right? that's an extremely important thing. Um, uh, I think Tanahisi Coates. He's. I don't. Mm. I'm not a fan girl of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, except for Tracy Chapman, Tupac. We already got there. We went there. Um, but generally speaking, <laughs> I'm not. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not someone who's like I'm gonna buy everything that this person puts out. Yeah. I'm not. You know, that's. Yeah. Um, I like to be quite measured in my admiration for people. Mm -hmm. Um, but Tanahisi Coates, uh, in in Between the World and Me. And he, it's a basically a love letter to his son. Okay. Um, the whole book is a love letter to his son, uh, which is so beautiful. And he says, there's a part where he talks about um, how he wants to teach his son that, you know, this person, you know, when they read history books about, you know, slavery in the U.S., it's not, it's not just this mass, you know, like body of flesh. Mm -hmm. These are individuals. There's, there was, a, you know, specific, that person who was a slave, there was also someone who loved their sister, who mm -hmm. fought with their sister, just like, you know, had all those very human experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I want you to treat people like that, to see people yeah. as having those really truly being human. Um, and I think that gets lost in, in, in a lot of, you know, also like political, or, mm -hmm. you know, commentary where people are just talking numbers or you mm -hmm. know that these are these are people yeah. who are going to be you know yeah. and, and those who passed who are going to be missed by their families someone else you know mm -hmm. will go through and when I think about my own grief um losing my mother mm -hmm. and I see things like this happening because it's like times a thousand yeah. there are people who've lost their entire families and to me, my pain felt unbearable. Mm -hmm. Like it was bigger than me. Like it could swallow me whole. And I felt like I, I could not live. I remember the, just like the pain of losing my mother. 
And when I think of how much of that pain is being multiplied and spread, mm-hmm. I it's it's almost incomprehensible to me that things can continue the way they, they have been. Yeah. That we can cause each other so much pain that I, I think... And continuously. And continuously. And know what that pain is like mm-hmm. and to do that to people times a thousand. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's just... Yeah, I, I think empathy is something that's just really lacking. And I don't know how how we can teach people to have empathy mm-hmm. because in some ways I feel like it's so natural <laughs> like it mm-hmm. should be so natural yeah. you know but I think we just really don't treat each other with empathy I think that's it, it's it's at the core of a lot of problems you know if you drive a car then you know you're not gonna you don't have an issue with you know the way transit works mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's only the things that you experience that are you know the things that affect you that you're worried about and if we I think having each other's interests at heart is also in our best Mm self-interest and I don't think people that's like the core part of international relations as well okay which is like you can't it can't be a zero-sum game Mm -hmm. like you you have to like trade off yeah you can't um like for example if I trade with you and my I might if I do all the exporting of you know a good or Mm -hmm. you know some goods um, and I get all the profit for myself. Um, but if I partner with a different country and then we get more profit overall, but we're splitting it, but we're still getting more profit than we would, mm-hmm. it makes more sense for us to collaborate. Mm-hmm. And it's in the better interest of the economy for yeah. these two countries to work together more than it is mm-hmm. for this one country to work by itself, even though they would just be getting the money for themselves because mm-hmm. they would be getting less, for yeah. example. Yeah. And I feel like that's just what life mm. is constantly saying to us that we have to take care of each other in order to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It just won't happen if we are just concerned about ourselves. We have to be concerned, you know, if you're a driver, you should be concerned about pedestrians, how they're able to move through the city, because that will And Another thing, this is also, now I'm just no, going on. No, please go, I'm, I'm glad. Um, one thing that I have realized through, you know, the the genocide that's happening in in Gaza is that we have to also be willing to hold people accountable for whatever is happening at the local level so Mm -hmm. that the representation that we have at the national level reflects, Mm -hmm. you know, our values. Because, you know, if people don't care about, you know, the people who who have to commute an hour, Mm -hmm. for example, uh, who live in the deep north, and have to commute for an hour to get to work, yeah. right? Um, and even that commute is like a lot of energy. They have to commute back. They also have children. You know, all these things. People mm-hmm. in a lower income, um, lower income bracket, or whatever. If we aren't, if we aren't worried about those things, then your leadership is going to reflect, mm-hmm. a, you know, a certain kind of dismissiveness towards oppressed people and that will continue at a national level Mm -hmm. as well so we have to care you know if there's you know a homelessness crisis in calgary we also have to be ready to hold our leaders accountable so that at the end of the day there's a ripple effect in like the representation that Mm -hmm. we have you know that canada has as a country it's not just you know a country that doesn't you know a a city that doesn't care about its homeless isn't going to end up being you know, part of a country that cares about genocide. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's just kind of like, I think we also have to 
um, think about that as well, I think, long term, um, how we are working towards having, I think, work towards being the kind of country that is constantly on the right side of history. Yeah. And I think that takes work. Oh. It's not just in the, in, the, in the moment that it happens in a particular situation. It's that we could be working towards these things even when something as, even before something as catastrophic as what is happening in Gaza yeah. happens, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. And, and I don't think there's any other way, right? Yeah. Like any, and you mentioned it, like when we talk about empathy, it's one of those things that unfortunately I, I don't think a lot of people learn, mm -hmm. right? Like, and that makes it very difficult for people who have empathy, right? Because yeah. it can seem like it, it's natural. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is natural for some of us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like probably for you, it's natural to have empathy for me, probably somewhat natural. Mm -hmm. Right. Because maybe what we've been through, what we've mm -hmm. seen, whatever. Um, but not for everybody. Some yeah. people get hardened by what they go through mm -hmm. and they don't get softened. Yeah. Right. Where they can actually feel maybe not feel exactly what someone's going through, but recognize that someone's going through something mm -hmm. and that it's hard for them. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't have to be the same as me for mm -hmm. it to be hard. Right. Like yeah. um, and it's like when we, when I think of Gaza and what's going on just in that one part of the world, and we know mm -hmm. that even in Co the Congo, there's stuff going yeah. on right now. Like, and I don't know much about it, but I know there's all over the place, there's stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, but if we just think about each of us, you and I sitting in mm -hmm. here, we've, I don't know how many people you've lost in general, who mm -hmm. you've loved, but there's probably more than your, just your mom and dad, mm -hmm. right? Which is a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a, a core, um, a fundamental feeling that you were given when uh -huh. you were young, right, was uh -huh. loss. Uh -huh. So we've lost, I'll just say I've lost lots of people, right? Uh -huh. um, you've lost people. Uh -huh. If we multiply that by 12,000, just yeah. the 12,000 that were taken, uh -huh. right? So just out of, out of the blue in Palestine, uh -huh. 12,000 times how many uh -huh. people are impacted by that 12,000? Yeah. Not to mention the very fiber that holds us together as people, yeah. right? Because when we see that, it has a psychological effect on us, it right? It does. There's no question. Yeah, it, it's, it's so deeply heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And even, and I think there's something so terrifying about watching it happen because we also realize that we, in some ways, that we are so vulnerable to those, you mm -hmm. know, to that same indifference that people have. Yeah. That we could be in crisis and people could be indifferent to it. Yeah. Like, there is no safety. No. And that's terrifying. Right. Because I think we are, we're basically, it's, it, it, that's the terrifying part that mm -hmm. you could be living your life mm -hmm. and something could happen to you. Something could be done to you. And it's not right that it's mm -hmm. happening to you and no one would do anything. Because, it, yeah, because at a certain point, if we're able to make anyone an enemy, that means anyone's an enemy. Exactly. Potentially, right? And if we already feel, yeah. you know, disenfranchised in the mm -hmm. ways that, that we are, then, you know, it could be any one of us. Mm -hmm. And it is one of us, you know. And they it are. is, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's how to see it. Yeah. If it happens to one of us, it's happening to all of to us. To all of us, right? Yeah. And and I think that's the that that's definitely spoken from someone who has empathy, right? <laughs> <laughs> because there, there's 
if you don't have empathy, you don't see that. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not like that, right? Yeah. It's. It's not happening to me, so it's okay, yeah. right? And it wouldn't happen to me. But then people don't realize that it used to not happen to them either. Exactly. Like, right. So yeah. like, there's this process that. And maybe it's the media that does it. I don't know, like, exactly how this works, but creating enemies seems to be easy. It is extremely, yeah. Right? To, to the point where we will, like, turn a blind eye to, like, thousands of people being just, like, wiped off the face of the earth. Yeah. We'll just, like, turn our back to it and be like... And, and to see that as an acceptable form of... Relationships. Uh, yeah, of relationships. <laughs> even if we were to... Even if there was a situation in which someone is considered an enemy... Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that I can, you know, I think also international law again, um, that part of international law is that you are allowed to um, defend yourself only as far as you're able to like stop the whatever like mm-hmm. harm is happening to you. Yeah. But anything beyond that is now like mm-hmm. cruel and unusual punishment. And basically a war crime. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So it's like if I, you know, if you attack me and I just like stop you, but now if I start like stabbing you with something mm-hmm. else when you've already, when I've already been able to, mm-hmm. you know, restrain you or something else to yeah. stop you, that's just, that is not the kind of world we want to live in. That is not. That, no, it's not, but it's the kind of world we live in. Yeah. Right. I, and what you just said, like, it, it really does like translate into like, um, uh, abuse of like police powers and stuff like that. Everything, and, like yeah. everything is tied into that. Where that internet, that law, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, if we stop here, then we can stop. But yeah. Nobody ever stops there. No one ever stops there because yeah. it's about power. It's not and about. Control. It's not. Yeah, it's about power, and and so people yeah. won't stop because that's essentially what you want to do. Whenever we, yeah, you, you know, you just want to be like, okay, I also want to feel safe, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to. Because then the scales are constantly tipping and we're never finding a balance. Yeah. Because then someone else is going to feel that this other person who's, even though they were attacking me and then I went, you know, and then. And that's why violence will never do anything. You know what I mean? Create more violence. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, and then this other person is now in a, you know, a victim in a sense Mm -hmm. because of the way they've been, the way I've responded to this thing. And then they're also going to want to, you know, it's constantly Mm -hmm. tipping. Yeah. Because someone has to be like, this is this is it. Like we need to stop here in yeah. order for that to. And that means we have to like find some people that don't live in their egos full yeah. time. Right. Yeah. So that they can be like, okay, wait, what are we doing? Why are we doing this still? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I, thank you so much. You I won't keep me. babbling at you. You're I will, I will keep babbling too, but I should not. <laughs> it was, it was our pleasure and my pleasure to be able to have you in here. Oh, thank thank you. you for having me. It was a great welcome. conversation as always. It was, it was fun. <laughs> thank you.